Add this one food to your diet and you will watch the fat melt away. Do this one little trick and you will become irresistible to your crush. Make this one money move and you will become unbelievably wealthy. I hope when you're sitting on your couch, scrolling through your phone or laptop, you don't fall for that kind of clickbait, do you? You know, these promises that if we just adopt one little habit, we change one little behavior, then it will be a game changer revolutionizing our lives. You don't fall for that, do you? I think most of us know that virtually all of these supposed game changers out there are hogwash. They're usually an oversimplification of one area of life and more times than not a thinly veiled attempt to sell us some good or service. But would you believe me if I told you there actually is a game changer out there for you in 2020? that I actually do know of one small habit, one little behavioral change, that if you integrate it into your life, will have a disproportionately amazing return on investment in your life in the year to come? I wonder, would you believe me? Well, I do happen to know of one such game changer, and I don't know it to be a game changer just because it has absolutely transformed my life, I know it to be a game changer because it is the one thing that people all over this world point to that have the kind of lives that I would like to have. You say, what is this one habit, this one behavior that will be a game changer for me in 2020? That one habit is simply this, adopting and adhering to a Bible reading plan in the year to come. Now, a little bit later on, we're gonna talk about the what and the how of Bible reading plans. We're gonna look at three different Bible reading plans I wanna suggest you consider, and we're actually gonna have those available in the lobby at the Info Center. We would love to have you grab one on your way out today and pray over that between now and the new year and see if God would have you adopt a Bible reading plan in the year to come. We're gonna talk about the how. We're gonna talk about the what. But before we get to that, I wanna address the question of why. Why should you, as busy as life is, adopt a Bible reading plan in the year to come? And furthermore, can it actually be a game changer? Can it deliver on the promise that I'm making to you today that it will absolutely bless and improve and enrich every area of your life in the year to come? You see, before I was in ministry, when I was a church member down south, when I would hear someone talk about a Bible reading plan, when someone would talk about completing reading through the Bible in a year, I would respond to that much the same way I would respond when I'm driving around town and I see a 26.2 bumper sticker. You've seen these, right? 26.2, the bumper sticker indicating that the owner of that car has completed a marathon. Well, it didn't matter much to me if they completed a marathon or read through the Bible in a year. I kind of had the same thoughts. I would think to myself, that's admirable. That takes discipline. That's impressive. Good for them. 
And that's about as far as it would go. Because you see, for me, when I looked at the discipline required and the commitment level of finding a Bible reading plan and sticking with it, it frankly just didn't look like there was a great return on investment at that point in my life. I thought it was something that would be good to do more of, read the Bible more seems like a good thing, but I didn't understand the opportunity cost of not getting into God's word on a regular basis through a Bible reading plan. So what I wanna do as we start out our time today is simply begin by dealing with the why question. And I'm gonna tell you three reasons why you're going to want to adopt a Bible reading plan in 2020. The first reason you're going to adopt a Bible reading plan in 2020 is this. The Bible is God's appointed means for making you more like Jesus in 2020. I wanna say that again. The Bible is God's appointed means for making you more like Jesus in 2020. You see, it's been my observation that there is uh, this misapprehension a lot of Christians have about how they're going to become more like Jesus. They kind of have some partial information, and since they don't have the whole picture, they're walking around with a faulty understanding of how God takes sinful people like me and makes them more like Jesus. I think a common misunderstanding people have is something like this. If I come to faith in Jesus and I give my life to Christ, I confess my sins, then the Holy Spirit's gonna come and dwell my life and my heart, and God is just gonna sort of automatically make me more like Jesus. God will unilaterally make me more holy. I mean, after all, isn't that what Galatians chapter five seems to be saying? Galatians chapter five, verses 22 through 23 say this. The fruit of the Spirit, in other words, here are the characteristics that God the Holy Spirit works out in the life of a believer. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if you just read those two verses, you might be left with the impression that those are just sort of the things that God does in our lives automatically. That's just something God does. But a key to understanding what the Bible is actually saying, and you've heard Pastor Rex talk about this a lot, is reading the Bible in context. And simply put, that means we need to read the verses leading up to a passage we're studying, but we also need to read the verses following a passage that we're studying. And if we do that, that's oftentimes gonna give us the clarity we need to understand what the author is saying. And if we go just a few verses further into Galatians chapter six, verses seven through eight, it helps us understand the mechanics of the fruit of the spirit. Listen to what Galatians six, seven through eight says. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from his own flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. In other words, when you're reading the Bible and an author says something like, don't be deceived, it's a way of saying, hey, a lot of people miss this. A lot of people are deceived when it comes to what I'm about to tell you. And here the Apostle Paul says, do not be deceived. Here is this unbreakable law, and it's simply this. Whatever you plant is what you're going to harvest. So if I plant to my sinfulness, if I plant to my flesh, 
then I should not be surprised when I have a harvest of sinfulness in my life. But on the other hand, if I plant to my spirit, I have every right to expect a harvest of the spirit. Do you see, it's the same imagery, the fruit of the spirit and reaping and sowing. You see, it is true that God is the author of salvation and God works out holiness in our lives through the process we call sanctification. God is at work in you to will and to do for his good pleasure, yes and amen, but we also have a role in that process. And if we want to grow in holiness, if we want to grow to be more like Jesus, if we want to have this fruit of the Spirit in our lives in the year to come in greater and greater measure, then we need to plant to the Spirit. And you may be saying, okay, how do we do that? I think one of the most helpful verses for understanding what we should do if we want to plant to the Spirit is found in John 17, 17. And here we have a verse of scripture where Jesus is praying to God the Father for every Christian throughout history, he's praying for them to grow in holiness. He's praying for every Jesus follower to grow in holiness and to be more like Jesus. And listen to how Jesus says this process takes place. John 17, 17. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Did you catch that? When Jesus is praying to God the Father for us, his followers, to grow in holiness, to grow to be more like Jesus, to grow in the fruit of the Spirit, this is how Jesus expects it to happen. He expects it to happen as we give ourselves to the truth, which he says is his word. It's almost as if every single person here today is an individual slice of bread. And God were to appear to us today and say, hey, all you slices of bread, would you love to become toast one day? And we say, that sounds amazing. I would love to be toast. Sounds like a great upgrade. And God would say, wonderful. I'm glad you're on board. Here's how we're going to do this. I have this thing called a toaster, and you need to get into the toaster, but not just pop in once in a while. You need to spend sufficient time there. And if you spend sufficient time in the toaster, voila, you'll become a piece of toast. Now, if a slice of bread were to say, well, hey, I would love to be toast, but I'm not hopping in the toaster, well, that's fine, but you're never gonna become a piece of toast. Or if a slice of bread were to say, hey, I'll hop in the toaster, but just here and there, I don't wanna spend a lot of time in there. Again, that's fine. You're never gonna become a piece of toast. And in the same way, if we want more and more of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, if we wanna be more like Jesus in 2020, if we wanna grow in holiness, we don't get into a toaster, but we get into the Word of God and spend sufficient time there. The Bible is God's appointed means to make you more like Jesus in 2020. The second reason you're gonna to wanna to adopt a Bible reading plan in the year to come is this. The Bible is God's normal way of speaking to you. The Bible is the normal way God is gonna to speak to you in 2020. You know, more than once I've had people meet with me as a pastor and I've seen that they're visibly upset, they look exhausted, they look troubled, they look sleep deprived, and oftentimes they'll tell me something like this. I don't know when it started, 
but somewhere months or maybe a year or two ago, God just started feeling distant. I just didn't sense his presence like I once did. It seems that God's not speaking to me, that God's not leading me, that God's not shepherding me. It feels as if God has abandoned me and I don't know what to do. And when I hear that, my heart goes out to the person, but usually the first question I'll ask is a diagnostic question, and I'll typically ask something like this. Tell me about your Bible reading habits. Don't tell me about your devotional reading or how often you go to church. Tell me about your personal, private Bible reading. And virtually every time, with rare exception, that someone senses God is not present like he once was, that God is not speaking like he once was, that God is not leading like he once was, almost without fail, that person over time has drifted away from regular time in God's word. Just this week, I saw a meme that kind of encapsulated this idea, and it said something to the effect of, don't complain about God not speaking if your Bible's closed. It's crucial that we understand the normal way God is going to speak to us is through his word. This book says over 3,000 times, thus says the Lord. If we want to hear from God if we wanna feel his presence, if we want to be led by God, then we need to understand that that doesn't happen primarily through experiences or even something as wonderful as prayer. No, God has decided the primary way he's gonna speak to us is through his word. It's almost as if God says, I'm going to lead my people. I'm gonna give them everything they need to grow in wisdom, I'm gonna give them everything they need to understand who I am, my character, my nature, my goodness. I'm gonna give them all the promises and encouragement they're going to need, and I'm going to do that by sending them one long text message called the Bible. And God sends all of his followers this enormous text message called the Bible. But far too many of us, although we have this text message sitting there waiting in our phones, think to ourselves, That seems like an awful lot of reading. I don't know if I want to read all of that. I tell you what, God, why don't we do this? I'll just go through my day-to-day life basically ignoring you, and whenever I get in a pinch, how about I just FaceTime you, you pick up the phone, you give me exactly what I want to hear or what I need to hear. It'll be this amazing, high, wonderful experience. Then I'll hang up and go about my life. But folks, That's not how God has set this up. God speaks to us primarily through his word. If we want to hear the voice of God, we should go where he is speaking, and that is the Bible. I know that's not what a lot of us want to hear. Uh, I know a lot of us want God to speak through the earthquake of experience the wind of the miraculous, the fire of the supernatural. But God says, no, I'm gonna speak through the still, small voice of my word. And if you wanna hear from me, you need to get into my word. The third reason you're gonna wanna adopt a Bible reading plan of the year to come is this. The Bible 
is that X factor that you admire in other Christians. The Bible is that X factor that you admire in other Christians. I want to invite you just in your mind, don't say anything aloud, to think of a mature Christian that you admire. Now, I don't know who comes to mind when I ask that question. If I had to place a bet, it might be Pastor Rex. Uh, it could be a small group leader. It could be a spouse. It could be a parent. It could be one of our elders. It could be any number of people. But when you think about those mature believers that you aspire to be like, you know the ones I'm talking about, the ones that are full of wisdom, the ones that are full of peace, full of joy, unflappable, unshakable, those kinds of Christians, I can assure you they got that way not because of the way they were raised, not because of their experiences, not because of their own personality traits. No, they got that way by submitting themselves to the living word of God over a long period of time. And those same outcomes, those same ways of living can be realized in your own life as well. Hebrews 13 verse 7 says this, speaking about spiritual leaders, it says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. In other words, those mature Christians that have that it factor, that X factor that we would so love to have more of in our own lives, that's not something people are just born with or not born with. No, this passage is saying consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And the implication here is if we imitate their faith and do the things that they do, we will have similar outcomes. So let me ask you, do you want to be more like Jesus in the year to come? Do you want to hear from God more clearly in 2020? Do you want to grow to be more like other mature believers who you admire? If the answer to those questions would be a yes, again, I say to you, that one small behavior that one little change, that game changer, is adopting and adhering to a Bible reading plan. At this point uh, in the message, I wanna pivot away from the why question and spend the remainder of our time dealing with the what and the how. You see, when we think about how do I find an appropriate Bible reading plan, it's important that we first recognize where we are with our own spiritual maturity and spiritual disciplines. Virtually any book or any seminar you will ever go to about goal setting will tell you essentially the same thing, that in order for goals to be good goals, they need to be both challenging, yes, but also attainable. And when we think about a Bible reading plan, make no mistake about it, that is setting a goal. And we want those goals to be challenging, yes, but also attainable. Because you see, far too many Christians try and go from zero to 100 miles per an hour and throw the towel in. I think it's much wiser to crawl before we walk and walk before we run. 
And in order to help you do that, I want to speak to three different kinds of people that I believe are here with us today. Three different groups of people, and I want to share some suggestions and point you in the direction of a specific plan for you to consider in 2020. Group number one, that would be those of you who honestly, in your own private time, never really open the Bible. Hey, you'll get no shame or guilt from me on this. We're just talking about realities. If that's you, if you're someone who generally just does not crack open their Bible, and outside of maybe being here for worship on the weekend, you're not exposed to the Word of God, if that's you, I wanna start by addressing you. And I believe that's many people that are here with us today. I wanna make two suggestions that I think will enhance your interacting with God through his word, and then I'm gonna point you in the direction of a specific plan. But I wanna start with a couple of suggestions. The first suggestion, if you're in group one, if you have not yet done so, I would encourage you to find a translation of the Bible that is, yes, reliable, but also readable. I wanna encourage you to find a translation of the Bible that is reliable, but also readable. I've talked to so many people and one of the main hurdles that they deal with with getting into God's word regularly is the readability of some of the translations they're aware of. And you know, for those of us that speak English, there is just a multitude of translations out there. I can't even keep up with all the translations. It's a bit overwhelming. But if honest to goodness, one of the challenges you have with having quality with your Bible reading is the readability or comprehension of the Bible, I wanna invite you to go on the version or go to BibleGateway.com and start experimenting and looking at other translations that are out there. In fact, I'll recommend one that might be just a starting point for you to consider, and I recognize this will not be everyone's cup of tea. This doesn't happen to be my normal translation that I read on a regular basis, but I think it'll be very helpful as a starting point if you're in group one. I would invite you to check out the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation is a translation that I believe is highly readable, but I have a great deal in confidence in its reliability as well. The New Living Translation was translated fairly recently, and there are still some of these people alive today that translated it, but it was some of the best Christian scholars that were a part of translating the New Living Translation, and it is highly readable. It's enjoyable and easy to read. Folks like uh, D.A. Carson were a part of translating that, and I'm a little biased here, but one of my Greek professors in seminary, the late William Larkin, also was a part of translating it. So I have a high degree of confidence in the New Living Translation as far as being reliable and faithful, but it's also very readable. But whatever you do, if readability is a challenge, perhaps you're a student or perhaps you just don't like reading, get out there and find a translation that works for you. The second suggestion that I would like to make is simply this. If you're in group one, you're someone who really doesn't read the Bible on your own, I wanna invite you at this stage to embrace multitasking. Embrace multitasking. Uh, there are people that do this in a myriad of different ways. Some people will just read the Bible when they're in a waiting room. Others will use something like the version's audio feature and they'll listen to the Bible at the gym or perhaps listen to the Bible when they commute to work Monday through Friday. There's a lot of ways to do this, 
But don't set the standard that if I'm not in God's word at all, I've gotta go to 90 minutes a day in God's word. You're probably not gonna get there overnight. Set a goal that is challenging but attainable, and I think one of the ways to move towards greater exposure to God's word, if you're in group one, is multitasking. Now, hey, I realize some of you may be saying, well, aren't we supposed to have a devotional time that's set apart for God, where there's no distractions, where we're reading God's word, where we're praying for ourselves and for others? Isn't that what's supposed to be normal? Isn't that what's healthy? Absolutely, that is what is normal and healthy, and that is what everyone should be moving towards as their norm. But if there's somebody that's not reading at all, a step towards reading the Bible while multitasking, I believe, is a step in the right direction. Imagine a husband and wife that perhaps have five children, and they're busy, they both work, and over time, they've grown apart as a couple. They don't really connect much. They don't really go on dates. They don't go on vacations as husband and wife. They've just sort of drifted apart and become roommates. Well, obviously, the ideal, what they should shoot for and move towards is having date nights, going on vacations together, communicating distraction-free, and giving one another undivided attention. That is absolutely the goal. But if the options are they never speak a word to each other in the busyness of life, or they speak while they're driving the kids around and multitask in that way, I'm gonna go for the multitasking every time. I think the same is true for those in group one. Embrace multitasking if you're in that particular group. I mentioned this earlier, but I wanna repeat it. All three of the plans I'm gonna to recommend to you today we have at the Info Center, and you can grab them on your way out. But if you're in group one, here is the Bible reading plan I would invite you to pick up on your way out the door today. It is a 21-day reading through the Gospel of John. See, the Gospel of John is a 21-chapter book, and it's set up for you to read one chapter a day. Now, if you want to read 21 consecutive days, that's fine. If you want to read three days a week or five days a week, that's fine. But the point is, take a step forward when it comes to getting exposed to God's Word in greater measure. The Gospel of John is probably one of the most well-read and impactful books in all of the New Testament. It chronicles the birth, the life, the ministry, and the death and the resurrection of Jesus from a firsthand account. What a cool thing if by the end of January or sometime in the coming year, you can say you picked up that Gospel of John Bible reading plan and read through the entire book of the Gospel of John. I believe that would be challenging but also very doable. Consider grabbing that on the way out if you're in group one. Well, who's group two? Group two would be those of you that are here with us today that read the Bible occasionally, but not consistently. You may read the Bible around Christmas time. Uh, when you're in a dark place, you may read a psalm here and there. Uh, there's no real rhyme or reason, but you do read the Bible on occasion on your own. Hey, if that's you, I want to applaud that. It is great that you are prioritizing the word of God and going to God. That's more than a lot of other people do, and that is to be celebrated. But I want to challenge you to stretch in 2020 and adopt a Bible reading plan. The reason I think there can be more benefits to your life if you get in God's word more consistently 
would be found in Matthew chapter four, verse four. Matthew four, verse four has this short but powerful statement of Jesus. To give you a little idea of what's going on here, Jesus has been in the wilderness all by himself, fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and the devil comes to Jesus to tempt him, and the devil says, why don't you turn these stones into bread? And listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter four, verse four. He says this, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, Jesus is drawing a connection between our physical food and our spiritual food. You know, if you wanna be healthy and stay alive, you better eat some physical food. If you wanna thrive and be healthy and have your immune system work well, you need to be eating enough of the right kinds of food. And if you just eat one or two meals a week, I suppose your body will stay alive but you're not gonna be healthy. You're not gonna have any strength. You're not gonna be living life the way you could be living it. And it's the same way with the word of God. If we're occasionally in the word of God, then we're getting some spiritual bread, as it were. We are getting some nourishment. But imagine how differently your life might look if you ate that spiritual food called the word of God on a regular basis. You see, if you're in group two, God bless you for prioritizing the Bible in some measure in your life, but I'm telling you, if you just occasionally get in the word of God, you are walking around spiritually hangry. You are walking around with less joy, less peace, less contentment than if you were to get in God's word on a more regular basis. So group two people, here's a plan I would suggest you consider that you can also grab at the Info Center on your way out today. This is a really cool plan, and it's called the five by five by five plan. Now, this is a plan that will take you one year to complete, but if you adopt and adhere to this plan, by this time next year, you would have read through the entire New Testament. How cool is that? You would have read from Matthew to Revelation if you pick this plan up and stick with it. And you may be saying, well, why is this called the five by five by five plan? It's called that because there's five ways that they suggest to interact with the text. But here's the part I wanna drive home today. It's five minutes worth of reading. And here's the ingenious part, five days a week. You see, the people that created this Bible reading plan were realists, evidently. And they are aware that no matter how much we value the word of God, for most of us, sometimes life gets in the way. We get out of our habits. We get out of our routines. And if you have a Bible reading plan that is seven days a week, 52 weeks a year, you know, if you miss two or three days or four days, it's not going to be long before you feel, hey, I'm so far behind. I'm never going to complete this. I'm going to throw the towel in. Well, that's where the beauty of this plan comes in. It's set up for five minutes of reading five days a week, so when you miss days, you can catch up and not really miss a beat. That's called the five by five by five plan, and if you're in group two, I would invite you to grab that, pray over it, and see if God might have you commit to that Bible reading plan in 2020. Finally, group three. Who's group three? Group three would be those of you who read the Bible consistently, but you're not using a Bible reading plan. 
And you may say, well, Matt, nowhere in the Bible does it say you have to use a Bible reading plan. Fair enough. The Bible does not command you to use a Bible reading plan. It does command us to get into God's word regularly, to meditate upon it, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, to integrate it into the way we live our lives. But I can't show you a verse where it says you have to use a plan. But if for nothing else, I wanna encourage you to adopt a plan because of the truth we see in 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Notice it does not say some scripture is breathed out by God or most scripture is breathed out by God. No, it says all of scripture is breathed out by God. And speaking from experience and my observation of others, for most people, not all, but for most people who read the Bible consistently but fail to use a plan, I can tell you what's gonna happen. They're gonna gravitate towards the passages they like. They're gonna gravitate towards the genres that they more easily understand. And they're going to neglect other parts of the Bible. You see, we need to understand that all of Scripture is God-breathed, and if we're going to grow into maturity in Christ, if we're going to have that fruit of the Spirit in the fullest measure possible, then we need to expose ourselves to the whole counsel of God. So group three people, I want to invite you to adopt the plan that I personally like to use. And we also have this plan out there. It is the Discipleship Journal Bible Reading Plan. And this plan will take you through the entire Bible, Genesis to Revelation, in one year. What I love about this plan is I think it's doable for people that are already in the habit of reading God's word, but it's also challenging. And like the New Testament plan I mentioned earlier, it's set up for five days worth of reading per week. So if you miss some days, it's easy to catch up, it's easy to stay on track, and it's easy to complete the Bible reading plan by the end of the year. You know, earlier we read in Galatians 5 what God brings out in the life of a believer that's yielding to him. We read that the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want to ask you, do you like the fruit you reaped in 2019? And if the answer to that is no, I want to encourage you and share my testimony with you and challenge you to adopt a Bible reading plan and to adhere to it. And this time next year, I'll tell you what your life is gonna look more like. We're gonna close today with this beautiful passage from Psalm chapter one, verses one through three, describing the life of a man or woman who gives themselves over to God's word and meditates on it regularly. Listen to what Psalm chapter one, verses one through three say. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, 
nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But rather, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. If that reality is what you desire in your life this time next year, I want to invite you to take up the challenge, grab a Bible reading plan, and let's as a church be people who through God's living and active word grow in the fruit of the Spirit, grow to be more like Jesus, grow to hear God's voice more clearly, in the coming year. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. We thank you for giving us all that we need to grow up into godliness and to be like Christ. God, we thank you that you are at work in us to will and to do for your good pleasure. And the work you began in us, you will bring to completion. God, we thank you for that encouragement and that comforting truth. At the same time, God, I pray that each and every one of us will see the responsibility that we have to sow to the Spirit that we may reap a harvest from the Spirit. God, I pray that people that never open their Bibles will begin opening their Bibles and falling in love with your word in the coming year. I pray for those who are occasionally in your word will become people who are consistently and regularly in your word. And God, I pray for those of us that maybe in this room are a little more consistent with our Bible reading, will find new ways of being exposed to your word, meditating on it, and by your power and your spirit, integrating it into our lives that we may have a harvest of righteousness in 2020. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen.